You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, movies, music, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie, Blue Meanie. What is on your mind? That's two weeks in a row, man. Yeah. Uh, how about that rumble? Oh, God. I guess we'll just fucking roll right into it then. <laughs> I know. We'll just roll right into the Royal Rumble 2022. Lots is being said about this event. Meanie, let's just start at the very top. Yeah, man. What did you think about the 2022 Royal Rumble? I know we're... You know, we're timely on this podcast because, you know, this is dropping the Monday after the Monday after the Rumble because we're, that train's never late. Hey. Uh, yeah. How is it that, you know, we went from being, we're two years removed from like probably one of the best Rumbles and the one that Drew McIntyre won to probably one of the worst ones that I, I here's the thing. Look, 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 it's. I like I try to be positive about everything and find the the good in everything. And I could go, ah, that was all right. But man, not like a a single thing I could point to and go, okay, that was a moment. Okay, that was a moment. It was so even so bad that like Kofi couldn't even deliver like his traditional how do I stay in the rumble spot spot, you know, kind of thing, you know? There was just I think, and I'll and I'll poor say, guy. By the way, man, yeah. Well, I, I'll say this to to sort of start us off on the conversation. I loved the 2020 Royal Rumble, and yeah. I know that a lot of people shit on the Performance Center and the Thunderdome. I know we talk about this often, but it, it was what it was. I really enjoyed the 2021 Rumble because mm-hmm. there was a story to be told. There was something that right. was that was being told inside that. 2022, there was no story whatsoever. No No. story, not a single one. And I think- There was not one, there was not one thread. Not one. There was no arc. There was no prevailing, how do I say this? Brock Lesnar being in the rumble, for me, didn't do anything, right? Like I get that we're trying to get to Roman Reigns and I get that we're trying to get to the Paul Heyman storyline and all these things that are happening, but we could have gotten there without him, right? Right. We could have gotten to that point without having him in the Rumble. 
it just didn't feel like there was any narrative in the in the rumble. And I, I felt we agreed on that pretty pretty succinctly, right? It, he could, he probably could have got to Roman through the elimination chamber. You right. Know, there's a whole there's a whole another pay per view where you know you can find your way to WrestleMania. Right. And, you know, <clears throat> and and the thing that. Well, and I love Brock. Yeah. You know, I, but uh, the, the, he didn't need to be in a rumble because it could just let that whole way he got screwed just linger. You know, let it linger where him coming out again kind of took any mystique away from the finish of his match. You know what I'm saying? Just like he was screwed over Paul, by Paul Heyman. And that leads people to have a conversation for when the show's over. Like, okay, let's recap this. Oh, yeah, and Heyman turned on Brock to go with Roman. And that gets people talking about the product and, you know, this kind of buzz to where tune in to Raw. And then that's a, that takes away from, you know, the, the show that, you know, the next show they're going to air, you know. You know, what, I got to tune in to Raw to see what, you know, Brock's going to say. But he, you know, Brock comes out in the Rumble. That eliminates all that. It eliminates the the lingering effect you could have from Heyman picking Roman over him. It takes away from the mystique of letting people talk about it for a couple of days and fantasy book in their head. Oh, what's he, what's he going to do on Raw? And then you go to Raw or SmackDown. To me, it's like. It seems like everybody's. There's no. It seems like there's no real true brand split because they're going back and forth between shows. But whichever show, you know, you know, oh, I can't wait to see what he shows up. It says, you know, so, you know, that's where you know Brock is like, yeah, I, I got you. You know, there's an elimination chamber coming up, and then he just tears through the elimination chamber and stuff like that, and you know. Uh, and I guess the real disappointing thing in it is, you know, uh, my boy Matt Riddle was initially pegged to win the Rumble. Isn't that fascinating? From all, from all accounts, you know, Matt Riddle was supposed to win this year's Royal Rumble, which technically that's you know what you the Rumble's there for is to elevate people. You know, yeah, you get a you get a world title shot, but like. It's those moments and those performances within the Rumble that elevates somebody. So, you know, Matt Riddle's got something go great going on with RK Bro. You know, he comes in, he does that NXT thing. He comes to the main roster and he's got RK Bro, which has been some great TV, some great, you know, odd couple type, you know, uh, storylines there. They win the tag belts. They just recently dropped the tag belts. What can we do to elevate Riddle just another notch or two when the Rumble and main event WrestleMania? I, I mean, it's not like he's not built for this. I mean, he's been on pay-per-view with, you know, you know, UFC and stuff like that, you know. You know, it, you know, there's two people that, you know, once they get in the spotlight, they either shine or they shrink. And Riddle is one of those guys that, like, when, when the spotlight's on him, he shines. Right. So, if giving him the Rumble would have been uh, another great. Yeah, maybe I'm being a little biased here too, but I, I know the guy. I know his his talent. I know his. You know, he, he's he's got limited, limitless 
uh, potential. You know, we haven't even you know scratched the surface yet. But uh, yeah, he's 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 a future you know main event guy, right? You know, well, it's right for the taking. I you know? I just I think for me, and not even just with Riddle. You know, I think there were a lot of folks that I had pegged to win or even be in the consideration, right? Like, yeah. like you're looking at Matt Riddle, just based on the storylines recently. You're looking at Big E, Matt yeah. Riddle, Austin Theory. Um, yeah. Uh, who else? I can't even, uh, um, uh, Randy Orton would have been a solid choice as well. Uh, I don't necessarily know if I would have been opposed to that. I don't really know where the storyline would have gone, but- there were a lot of really questionable choices that were made during this year's Rumble, right? And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that I, I disagree with that. I know there's been a lot of talk, and we'll, we'll get back into to Riddle in a second and Brock Lesnar, but I know there's been a lot of talk about Shane McMahon recently and a lot of talk about Shane McMahon's influence in the Rumble. I don't necessarily yeah. know... Again, we're, as we're recording, you know, Inside Baseball today is February 4th. We have not seen any actual confirmed reports about whether right. or not Shane McMahon has been released from the company. And as a rule of practice, I will not comment on those types of things until I see actual confirmation, right? Somebody's actually confirmed it. Um, but I don't know. There was just so many things that were, it felt wrong. Like the first half of the rumble felt like it was, there was no excitement. The crowd felt dead for most of the people that were coming out. Um, you know, and again, like we were talking about with the storyline build, um, you know, Drew McIntyre in 2020 edge in 2021, there was a, there was a story that happened. There was a, there was a a very clear beginning, middle and end to these rumbles. And I did not feel that at all. I think you're right. I agree with your analysis that Lesnar should have taken that loss, taken it hard and gone to raw the next week. And they should have built him in the chamber and let him go. Right. Yeah. Because that's the next pay per view that has WrestleMania stipulate like it, our WrestleMania match rides on whoever wins the Elimination Chamber, right? Right. So whoever wins the Rumble gets first dibs on whatever, and then the the Elimination Chamber you get dibs. It's the next one where you get dibs. So it has. Uh, I'm. There's a word I'm searching for. Complications, maybe? <laughs> it's uh, implications is the one you're looking for. I think. Implications. Yeah. Implications. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, the, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. This is the mind of the meaning, not mind of Adam. But I, um, <laughs> I, I honestly, my pick was Drew McIntyre. And it's not yeah. that I, it's not that I have anything against Matt Riddle winning the Rumble. Because from a right. business standpoint, it makes sense, right? But Drew McIntyre was the one for me that was the clear winner outside of maybe Big E, right? And I want to get your thoughts on this as well after I sort of game it out. Yeah. But Drew McIntyre had the opportunity again this year to main event WrestleMania in front of an actual full crowd, right? You got a taste of it in 2021 where it wasn't fully in full capacity and he really got kind of like cheaped out of 2020. This would have been the year to push that. And my thoughts were, okay, well, if we're going to get to Roman and Lesnar at 38, why not make it a triple threat and have McIntyre involved in that picture? Because to me, everybody's got beef with each other. They all have a backstory. And it's a perfect way to tie up all these stories in front of a crowd again for the first time, right? Especially mm-hmm. yes. Lesnar and, and McIntyre. Yes. Um, the way they dumped out Big E was really, you know, just very uh, anticlimactic. 
Um, obviously yeah. the botch with Kofi, from what I understand, the rumor mill is a buzz about some of the things that were supposed to happen with Big E and Kofi. Kofi botched it. Kevin Owens being tossed out pretty unceremoniously. Um, yeah. Matt Riddle, I thought Lesnar was going to kill him when he tossed him over the top rope. Like he just threw him and was like, see you later. Um, yeah. You know, Bad Bunny was a great surprise. Johnny Knoxville was a great surprise, but uh, you know, I don't know, man. There was a lot to really dislike, but what do you think overall of the, I mean, as far as Drew McIntyre, like what, what do you think? And then again, too, I guess, the question is where do they go with the WWE championship now? Well, even to backtrack a little bit, like, uh, I mean, there was no Finn Balor. There was no Cesaro. Um, it was, it was just mind-boggling. And, you know, like, leading up to the Rumble, we we were kind of doing our predictions, and I'm, I'm totally on board. Like, it would have been, I wouldn't have been, I would have been excited if Drew would have won again because, again, I, we were both in agreement that he got robbed of not having a WrestleMania main event in front of a live crowd. But, um, uh, what was the question again? I'm oh, sorry. just thinking about like what? Where do you think that that creative is going to head now? Because again, that what seems to be happening is that Lesnar is going to be in the elimination chamber with Lashley, Riddle, um, AJ Styles. What do you think is going to happen? Do you, I? I don't really. I guess for me too. And and again, this is probably a better way to phrase the question than the way I asked it. I'm not really interested in seeing a title for title unification match at WrestleMania. No. I think it's pointless. No. I think it's. I think. You don't need to do that, especially like if you're going to do that and the brand split, because there's at this point, there's no reason to have it make the title float anywhere. Right. Right. I'm not interested in seeing that. I'm interested to see how Brock and Roman pays off, but I'm not interested to see how the, see them merge the belts or whatever. Um, do you think that's where they're headed? And if not, where do you think the storyline is going to go with Lesnar or the, I should say, rather, let me let me rephrase. Where do you think the storyline is going to go with the WWE Championship? Because we know where it's happening with Universal. I, I don't even know if they know where the storyline is going to go with the with the title because it seems like, you know, all the reports coming out that you know morale's at a pretty big low. Uh, shout out to uh, Sean Ross, Sean Ross Sapp over at Fightful, who's you know come out with the report that the. Um, you know, the morale backstage is pretty low because, you know, according to Sean, that you know, people are saying, you know, there's like, you know, maybe four people that they're they're worried about and the rest is just, you know, garnish. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak, yeah. so to speak. You know, uh, I don't even know. I, and apparently from the way the rumble was booked, you know, there was like twenty different rewrites. So to the point where they're even worried about how it will reflect on, you know, you're bringing in a superstar like Bad Bunny. You know, and people like to mock it. Bad Bunny's all right. You know, he 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 respects the business. He took he takes the business serious. And, you know, uh, you know, but for him to come in as an outsider to be a guest and then like have his spot in the rumble, you know, I mean, you have to treat Somebody like with uh, like a bad bunny, uh, with like kid gloves, just because he's used to structure. You know, I'm sure when he puts on the concert, the choreography's this way, the music cues are this way, this, that, and the other thing. Now you're coming to WWE where you say, "Okay, we're going to do this." Well, no, 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 no. Now you're going to do that. No, 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 no. Now you're going to do this. You know, and I'm sure he had. You know, 
he, he had spots lined up with whoever in the Rumble. Now that's all changed, and then it just it it, it, it becomes off putting. You know, if it be, it's if it's off putting to a guy from the outside looking in, imagine how it looks from somebody on the inside that's already there. Where you know, can we have some structure? So right, right. when you're asking what what what's what's the mean of the world title, who knows? Because because I don't even know if they know you know their plans for for what the title is. You know, I, as far, you know, it's 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 frustrating it, because there's so many different ways they can go, right? And I think the big argument all yeah. the time is like you know that they give it time, you know, let the build happen. We're always hearing, especially like even with Bianca Belair, because we haven't even talked about the women's rumble, which. Again, I was like, really? You know, and it's not that I dislike Ronda Rousey. I, I just, I don't know if that was the right choice. Because I feel like, again, you could right. build to Ronda and Charlotte, Ronda and Becky without having to win the Rumble. You don't need that. You don't need that element, right? These fa- right. these names are big enough where you can get there without it. Um, but the whole thing about Bianca Belair, you know, what the fuck are we doing with her now? You know, she's here. Right. She lost the belt in a big way, a very... A not very great way, to be honest. When are we going to build back to that? Big E, is he going to get another title shot? Are we just completely moving on from that, right? Drew McIntyre, are we finally going to pay off the match with Roman Reigns? You know, like what are, there's, there's so many different things that are sort of outlying everywhere. It's really does feel like sometimes that they're, you know, like not necessarily that the inmates are running the asylum, but it's just like, who is paying attention to the creative here, right? Where is the creative process that we're all so used to that was happening up until what felt like very recently, um, what's happening? You know, like what's going on here? And I don't think they have a clue what to do with Lashley in the title. I don't think they have any competitors that they built to be believable to go against Lashley at this point. Because you have people like Cesaro, you have people like Finn Balor, you have people like Big E who are basically riding the sidelines now, not really doing much of anything. And, you know, I I don't know how you back yourself out of that corner, but... um, I agree. I think I think the Rumble is absolutely tailor-made to make people stars and to put people over. And I think they missed the mark completely on that this year. I I think, and this just popped in my head, you know, while you were, you were saying that, there was a moment in time back, you know, in the dawn of the uh, Attitude Era, you know, when the click pretty much staged a sit-in and, you know, pretty much had Vince fly out to wherever they were and had to sit down meeting like, what, what's going on with the company? What are we doing here? You know, maybe it might, maybe, it, it, I think it would have to take some of the veterans in that locker room, unless they're just not interested in the rest of the show. But, you know, they, for all, everything the click, you know, was criticized for, they they were trying to do things for the betterment of the company and the business. Even though you know people who weren't in their favor say they you know they hijacked the company, who knows? But um, I th- I think it might take them you know for you know some of the the locker room leaders to you know have like a you know you always hear how an NFL team has a players only meeting, you know right? Some of the locker room veterans you know gather up the the the, the talent in the locker room and have a a talent only meeting. And say, hey, you know, let's let's talk about what we, you know what needs to be done, and then, you know, then eventually address, you know, call in Vincent, be like, hey, look, 
you know, we're, we're the talent, you know, we're putting our bodies on the line. Where is the vision of where this company's going? You know, and have just like a, not like a hostile takeover, but just like, hey, let's, can we all get on the same page here? You know, and, you know, but, you know, that's the one thing that was beautiful about the Attitude Era, you know, for all the you know, shit people like to give Vince Russo, everybody on the card had something going on. There was meaning with everybody, you know. Right. You know, everybody had a character, everybody had a storyline and, and a meaning. Now it just seems like it's just, it's just uh, alphabet soup. Yeah. And you're, and you're left as the viewer to make up your own words <laughs> and try to figure out what it all means, you know? And, it, it, you know, I'm of the, uh, the story, you know, the, the theory of keep it simple, stupid. You know, just keep it simple. Don't, don't over, overbook, over, you know, produce. Everything's so micromanaged. And it just should be like, you know, I'm the good guy here. I'm bad at the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Here's how I'm going to screw the good guy. It, it's it's and it just seems like there's so like you said there's so many just loose ends out there just flailing in the wind that they need to tie up. But they're so busy writing and rewriting and they they've they've lost the plot on a lot of things. It's so, true. It's true because Randy Orton just recently said something in a very professional way about the Fiend storyline that he went through last year. There's so many, yeah. you know, you're, you're trying to make the best of what's given to you. And a lot of that story really fell flat for a lot of people. Now, whether or not that was because of the Thunderdome and things that they had to do, and maybe it was just too supernatural, I don't blame Bray Wyatt or Randy Orton for those things. I just right. have a lot of questions about where the creative went and how it felt so stifled. And even this, like you said, it's just, there. it feels like there's too many cooks in the kitchen, there's too many hands in the cookie jar trying to decide what they're going to do. And then when they put this out there, all of a sudden, you know, the top dog is like, nope, we're going to rewrite this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like, why did we just do all of this? Why did we just build to this storyline to just have it be done? It just, it feels very disjointed. And even, and you know, Pod Squad member Vanessa just mentioned here too about their record earnings. And, and Alfred Kanawa, a friend of the show from Forbes.com mentioned that $1 billion in revenue $1 billion in revenue just took place this past year on their financials. And they're talking about the streaming rights and they're talking about all these things that they're supposed to be getting into because they want to look to expand in the television market and you know the media market, which is great. I mean, it's fantastic to have wrestling everywhere, you know, or excuse me, sports entertainment, pal. It's great to have, yeah. you know, uh, this thing that we love everywhere. But if the content is dog shit, why, are, like, why, why would anybody want to continue to watch it, you know? Imagine a billion dollars in revenue last year, given what the product was. Imagine how more the revenue could be if it was a great product. Bingo. It could be a $2 billion profit. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just a matter of, are they, are they, are they too satisfied with the money and not with the that they don't care about the product? Oh, we're we're going to make a billion dollars anyway. Oh, here, you know, just throw this out there. Are they just resting on their laurels, so to speak, to where they're like, you know, just comfortable sitting back, you know, lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills that they could be lighting three cigars <laughs> if the product <laughs> was was that much better. Right. So, 
And I'm sure, you know, uh, I mean, there's, and there's so much behind the scenes stuff that's like, you can make a show out of like, you know, there's that show Succession right now where, you know, all these kids are fighting, you know, to take over the dad's empire or whatever. And we have that like real life going on with, you know, WWE with, you know, you know, there's rumors, you know, triple, everything triple, you know, triple H is supposedly, I don't know, on the outs, you know, with, you know, the NXT thing being redone and supposedly Shane's been released. Which I, like, who knows if that's true. Right. Uh, and yeah, listen, who knows? And to, as a side note, too, I'm not trying to discredit Sean in any way because Sean's reported that it's likely true. My my issue is that Shane is still listed as a current superstar on WWE website. Now, whether or not that's just an oversight on their part or, yeah. you know, there hasn't really been anything formal announced about it. So I have to wait to, to, to give that. But there's just, there's yeah. a lot of changes, man. There's a lot of changes that are happening very quickly. And I think Vince doesn't, at least from the outside perspective, because I don't know Vince, right? I've never met the guy. I don't know anything about his business practices or anything like that other than what we see and hear on TV. But uh, it just feels like he's very impatient. And he's very impatient recently about some of these storylines that are happening and NXT is not getting over the way that it used to. And like, you know, there's, there's the argument that, you know, there's a segment of wrestling that he's leaving out because AEW is now succeeding in that market and to some aspects in some respects. Um, do you think it was a mistake for them to change the way that NXT was presented um, in light of the AEW dynamic that's happening there? I would have just left NXT the way it was. Um, I could see, you know, redoing a set, doing, you know, re remodeling the set, you know, uh, making things a little bit different, but keep the product the same, same. <clears throat> where, um, you know, actually, I like the way the new set looks now compared to how it looked before, you know, but it's a little too, a little too bright for my liking. But, um, yeah, I think I would have just kept NXT the way it was. But it's just the whole, the pride thing of, you know, I'm not going to, I hate seeing even saying the word fucking Wednesday Night War because it wasn't a fucking war. No. Not not uh, even anywhere close to it. It wasn't even a skirmish. Yeah. Like it wasn't even no, a bar fight, fight behind Wawa. <laughs> it's fucking war. This bullshit, man. It's just not a war. It's just a, like I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. The the Monday Night Wars. They're fighting over whole numbers, not fractions. Right. You know, right now they're they're fighting over decimal points. Right, but, right. Well, the, you know, call me. You could call it a war when you know you're doing eight point oh's. You know, not point four, whatever, whatever. <sighs> yeah, but um, the the fact that Vince even rec recognized that as somewhat of some sort of loss, you know, losing to the new kid, pal. You know, uh, if I had my hands on the product, uh, we wouldn't have lost. Well, mm. you know, and, and it wasn't a loss, you know, because there's so many different factors now than there was back in the Attitude Era. Now that I've said all that, you know, between streaming and DVRs and stuff like that, you can watch, you know, the pro both products in so many different ways, you know, that, you know, ratings are almost obsolete. Yeah. You know? Well, we know too, that um, we know that Nielsen is is not a, a, a great metric. It shouldn't be used at all because it disproportionately doesn't factor in black and brown households. There's a lot of really factors in that don't 
take into they, Nielsen doesn't. It, it's not the metric that it, it, it thinks it is. So it's hard. I've to never, say. I've never been polled. I've never been asked what I'm watching. You know, just <laughs> they use notebooks and shit, and it's not like it's just it's a really flawed system, and it's 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 antiquated as fuck. It should just be thrown to the wayside. So you can't you can't use those numbers. But also too, like you said, to your point, like AEW Dynamite is pulling seven hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Eight hundred thousand on their on their Wednesday nights. NXT was pulling just over that nine hundred thousand. This is not, you know what I mean? Like this is not something that is. It, it, we're not talking about Monday Night War era. You know, Eric Bischoff says it way more eloquently than I can. But like, come and find me when you're pulling John Cena to to AEW, right? Come and find me right. when WWE is losing millions of dollars over every month from sponsors who are jumping to the new product, right? That's a real fucking right. war. That's a real war. This is just yeah. pity pat bullshit here. I'm sorry. I hope that, if that upsets you, I'm sorry, but like not you, but anybody yeah. listening, it's just no, not no, right. no, no. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, and uh, you know what, you know, back in the editor, I never heard of the 18, the was it 18 to 45. Oh, the key demo. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Nobody uses that. Let me tell you something. Nobody uses that metric in any form anywhere in television. I know people who, I don't want to sound like Trump. I know people, folks, but I uh, I know people who work in in advertising and marketing and everything in major <laughs> multimedia stations. <laughs> Did I pop you there with the Trump impression? Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. It was a de- it was delayed. Yeah. It's like, I, I didn't even have a pop brownie. You know, just, it was just a delayed pop. Blue mini, folks. Amazing wrestler. Great. Moonshot. Mini salt, great things. Taught him everything he knows. But anyway, um, I, you know, they don't use that metric for anything. It's not a real thing. It's a made up segment of these ratings that means nothing. Yeah, it's like uh, when I was a kid, uh, I went to play checkers with this one kid, and I was like, uh, I'll, I'll take the uh, red ones. No, I'm playing the red ones. It's my board, it's my rules. It's like, These are my ratings. These are my rules. Uh, You may have won the bit. Look, look, we're 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 selling lemonade on a corner, right? I may I sold a hundred cups of lemonade. You sold seventy five cups of lemonade. Does I don't give a fuck if somebody between eighteen or forty five bought more cups of your lemonade than bought mine. I still have fucking hundred dollars. Hundred cups worth of fucking lemonade money in my fucking pocket right now. Yeah. That means a hundred more people are likely to buy my pay per views, buy my fucking t shirts, buy my product. Yeah, yeah, you're. It's it's moving the uh, the goal line. Yeah, you know. That, well, it's exactly what it is. It's 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 utilizing data in a way that's con- it's it's confirming your bias. You're already, because the, the AEW fanboys are going to believe whatever they want to believe and the WWE fanboys are going to believe whatever they want to believe and no one's going to look at things objectively and be like, hey, wait a second. Like, <laughs> There's definitely room for nuance here, right? It's, it's like when people brag about how well the stock market does and they don't fucking invest in the stock market. Well, no. How's that affect you? Right. That's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the stock market's doing great. Really? Uh, which one, which stocks you buying? Ah, uh, none. <laughs> then really, why do you care? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Here's what I think about the 18 to 49 year old demo right here. That's what I think about that, Meanie. <laughs> That's what Christ. I think, pal. Did you hear that, dude? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's your mouth. <laughs> 
My wife says the same thing. Courtney's like, they don't sound real. That, that can't be possible that that came from your body. So, <laughs> little, little inside baseball, we had a production meeting and he fucking whopped me with that fucking. It sounds like a fucking. Sounds like a moth farting. <laughs> I can't remember what regular air smells like. Speaking of regular air, meaning, are you breathing all right after last week and you're in the blue studio there? Yeah, man. I fucking, that, I posted that photo that you posted and it, it got a lot of play, but yeah, I just, I'm not, I'm not that smart. Yeah. You know, uh, let me fart into the mic and then sit down into my own fucking cloud. I still need to, uh. I still need to implicate, you know, I have extra microphones. I could actually, you know, sit on a metal chair and put a, a microphone under my seat and just oh let one rip. A metal chair. It's like farting on a church pew, man. Holy shit. Dude, uh, the, the best place to fart, church pew and McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because you get the fucking initial seat. And then it bounces off the back of the cushion and then out into the atmosphere. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, it's like playing, uh, it's like playing wall ball, it's you know, Dolby digital sound Yeah, and meanie farts in Technicolor. But, um, so I, uh, I don't know, man, I feel like we could talk about the rumble all day and we can, we can sit yeah. here and dissect it. I just, again, I, I just need to know. I guess for me, it's frustrating because I want to know where the stories are going and I want to see payoff. And I, I know Cesaro, actually, speaking of Cesaro, he just released something today or within the past day about how disappointed he was that he wasn't in the Rumble. And I mean, yeah. how do you have this guy who is built like a star? I mean, he is a built like a certified superstar. How do you not have he, anything he, for he him? Looks like he, he looks like he was chiseled out of granite. And the dude is fucking monstrously strong. Like- Insanely strong. How many years has it been? Like ten years that people are like, "When are you putting the fucking belt in this guy?" He's been in the company for eleven years. Yeah, but those those matches he was having with Cena on TV that were like must must watch matches. The the guy can hang with John Cena, and John Cena had no problem making him not making him look like he looks like a million bucks. But Cena loved working with him. And Cena is like the guy you want to be, you right. know, in that company. People mock, oh, yeah, Cena doesn't know. How to, yeah, Cena knows how to fucking work. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. And also the, the storyline that he had with Roman Reigns. I was like, fucking finally. Fucking finally they're doing something with this guy with the belt. I wouldn't mind seeing Cesaro take the belt off of Roman. I think they could build it. There's certain people that, that look like the belt was made for. Yeah. You know, Bobby Lashley puts that bell around his waist. It looks like it was made, meant for him. Yeah. Drew McIntyre puts on that belt. It looks like it was made specifically for him. You know, case in point, I hate it when they were re replaced the winged eagle the day after Austin won it. I was like, that the winged eagle looked like it was made for Steve Austin. And when they replaced it, I was so pissed. I hated that fucking belt. But then for some reason, when Triple H wore it, I was like, man, that belt looks like it was made for fucking Triple H. Yeah. It took me a while to warm up to the current belt. and But, you know, you see a Bobby Lashley put on that belt. You're like, man, that belt looks good. Yeah. You know, Drew McIntyre wears that belt. Man, that fucking belt looks good. Even you, put that belt on you put that belt on Cesaro? Holy shit. It would, man, that belt would look great on fucking Cesaro. And I think as a sort of a tie-up for this part of the conversation, I feel like... What they need is a change. They need fresh blood 
inside of these matches because no one seems interested really anymore. I mean, again, the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns storyline is fantastic, right? I love where it's going. I love that Heyman is involved. Shout out and peace to Paul Heyman, um, the advocate, yes. the special counsel. But I love the storyline and everything that they're doing is, is fantastic. But people are going to get tired of this really quick. Like it's going to burn out again and you got to figure out yeah. how you're going to pivot from that. What about Dolph Ziggler? It, yeah. What about Cesaro? It, what about Finn yeah. Balor? Finn Balor was universal champion for what? A cup of coffee at the most before he hurt himself. Yeah. Why not put the, why not give, why not make these exciting again? Why not it, it make it, it, make it feel, make me feel something when I watch this stuff. It's frustrating. Again, you got a you got a third brand. Just have those guys go over to the third brand. Yeah. With NXT and let them shine there. Build them back up. Yeah. Build it up as a yeah. as a legitimate third brand. Fuck, re bring Nitro back. Do something. Something that allows these guys to shine. Something that allows these guys to hold a title. Something in here. Make make it meaningful. I I went from NXT went from being I mean it went from being appointment, yeah, you know, must watch TV to like, you know, who are these guys? Except for, you know, maybe one or two guys, like Harland. Yeah. That guy is amazing. It, it, who's his manager again? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joe Gacy. They're the best thing yeah. on NXT. Right? See, I like Carmelo Hayes too. I really like the North American champion as well. That's his name, right? Yeah. Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. yeah, I love that yeah. storyline. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I didn't mean to, I didn't I didn't mean to smite him either. No, but no, no. Like, yeah, Harlan, WWE could build up and make a fucking WWE Studios movie around because he's that fucking frightening. Yes, know? yeah, he's got that yeah, the, look, man. The shaved head and then I mean just the, the thousand yard stare. Freddy Krueger looks under his bed for fucking Harlan. You know. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, speaking of, uh, of under your bed, listen, Meanie, I wanted to talk to you about something. I wanted to know if it'd be all right if I read you a poem. <laughs> Roses are red and violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner and our sponsors at Manscaped are here. They're here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for this special occasion this Valentine's Day. It's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code MEANY20 for 20% off plus free shipping. I had a conversation with friend of the show, Josh Sharnoff, today who told me the proper way to shave your balls, and it's really important to make sure that your balls look fresh for Valentine's Day, the holidays went by so quickly, and I want to make sure that you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job. The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little bit more special. The number one product in this package is the Lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin, and get this... The trimmer's advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even, Meanie, I don't know if you know this, but it even has a 4,000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere your heart desires. In the blue studio, in the bathroom, fuck, you can even do it outside. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can if you want to. Uh, did I mention that it's waterproof? So you can even do it in the rain if you'd like to. Uh, meaning I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. Are you with me on that one? I think it's a holiday men and women can get behind yeah, man. I mean, uh, the time is near, and it's uh, you know what better way to tell your significant other that you care and love her than keeping the uh, the hedges trimmed uh, for that that special night on Valentine's Day. So, uh, and again, 
I say this each and every week. I'm a big fan of uh, Manscaped's other products, you know, with the uh, nose and ear, ear trimmer. Uh, their, their shampoo and body wash. Their two-in-one shampoo and uh, body wash. And, uh, you know, the feet, the foot spray, everything. They got, they, they got everything from head to toe and everything in between when you go to uh, manscaped.com. Speaking of in-between, too, to complete the perfect package for your package are liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Revival Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for Little John and the Eastside Boys and stay cool all day with toner to keep you feeling your best all day and night. These formulations will also have your balls smelling like a king on the big day. And don't forget to smell good not only around the balls, but with all over with their signature scent, the Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Manscaped can created their products for a night just like this and will make your Valentine's Day date say, wow, great set of balls you have there, which is what I hope Mrs. Meany is saying to you and what Courtney is saying to me this <laughs> Valentine's Day. So go to manscaped.com right now for our exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Meany20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Meany20. Don't go into Valentine's Day looking like a button in a fur coat. Go to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer, 20% plus free shipping with promo code Meanie20. Your balls and your lady will thank you. And Blue Meanie, as always, I always have to thank you for your time during the week. As a reminder, it is the anniversary of the Philadelphia Eagles win over the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl 41-33. I know we just had the news this week about Tom Brady retiring for good. Get he's a goat, blah, 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 whatever. But he didn't shake Nick Foles' hand, so fuck him. Oh, a little inside baseball. Uh, yeah, we're, we're recording today's, what, February 4th? Yep. 2022, four, four years after the Eagles won the Super Bowl. You know, everybody knows I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles uh, fan. Uh, on the day that Tom Brady announced his retirement, Nick Foles tweeted a photo of them before the game shaking hands. As a as a as a nice little troll to uh, Tom Brady, he's like, "Congratulations, Tom, on that uh, career." And it's a photo of them shaking hands. <laughs> and then, troll uh, level one thousand, man, I love it. And then uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars announced that they're hiring former Eagles coach Doug Peterson oh, on right. the on the anniversary of the Eagles Super Bowl win. So. It's like, uh, and I just got, I, I, yeah, I, I have a couple uh, Eagles friends that are just, you know, texting me, happy anniversary. <laughs> Shout out to uh, former ECW Lupus, a.k.a. Camp Porter. Me and him are huge uh, Eagles fans. Uh, he's the reason why I got my photo with the Lombardi trophy. So oh, that's um, cool, man. He, he, we, yeah, we are, you're doing that read. I just saw uh, happy anniversary pop up on my phone from him. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, man, just talk about, uh, and look, uh, I recognize their pre Super Bowl championships. Uh, I know, uh, the Dallas Cowboy fans go, Oh, uh, nothing existed before the Super Bowl because that ruins our chance. That ruins our, our unhumble brag that we have five Super Bowls. You know, the Cowboys like to talk about the Super Bowls they won, but the reason why they don't recognize the, t- the titles before the Super Bowls is because they didn't exist yet. So, 
technically, the Eagles were the best team in pro football for four years. Yeah. You know, 48, 49, 60. They gave Vince Lombardi the, the man they named the Super Bowl trophy after his only playoff loss was to the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the 1960 game. But, yeah, well, four years ago, tonight, uh, probably one of the best nights of my life. Uh, you know, you know, I got to see the, uh, you know, in 08, I got to see the Phillies win the World Series, celebrate it. Here's what it comes down to. I celebrate for those who are no longer around to celebrate. Right. You know, my, my grandparents, you know, my grandma was in the newspaper for the 1980 World Series. Oh, that's cool, uh, man. Yeah, she was interviewed. My ba- my favorite part of the uh, the article was when they talked about somebody removed her. her uh, she had a red cowboy hat with a button on it that says Tug McGraw number one because, you know, Tug McGraw's from Texas. Somebody removed her cowboy or Tug McGraw cowboy hat and dumped a beer on her head and put the beer hat back on her <laughs> oh head. Oh, my God. Vintage Philadelphia right there. Yeah, and then uh, the 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 you know when they won in oh eight, I went and found that newspaper on eBay and bought it. And I got chills because I read her interview again, and she said, "I'd rather be on the corner of uh, uh, Broad and Chunk." And when they won in oh eight, that's where me and Mrs. Meany went to celebrate. Oh, that's Broad awesome, Chunk, because McCusker's is on. Seventeenth uh, and Chunk, and we just ran from from McCusker's down to Broad Street. So you know, four years ago, you know they won the Super Bowl, and nobody went into that season going, "Oh, this is our year." And they did what they did in '08, and I mean uh, in '17, and um, you know won the Super Bowl. And again, I went to Broad and Chunk and uh, celebrated not only for my grandparents, but for my mom who had recently passed. So it, it was, it was, uh, it, there's meaning behind, there's more than just sports behind these, uh, you know, these wins and stuff yeah. like that. You, you celebrate for those who every year, you know, my grand, yeah, you know, as a kid growing up here, my grandfather curse at the TV at the Philadelphia, God damn it. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yep. Man, if dude. my grandfather were my, <laughs> Man, dude. my if my grandfather was really mad, you goddamn stupid son of a bitch and bastard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing better than son of a bitch bastard put together, man. That's why that's one of my favorite ones. You know, you don't no good dumb son of a bitch and bastard. This <laughs> holy shit, Man, he's that, he meant that shit. Uh, there was no. There was no mid level in his base. Yeah, when they came in, when they came to the Zanger. So, I think of you know that stuff growing up, and then when they won and fuck it, when they won four years ago tonight. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a drink for them and raised the toast for them, and uh, it, 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 I there's no words. Yeah, no words. You know, and and people go, oh, it's just football. No, it's a it's a fabric of society here in philly you know right um our former mayor ed rendell had a great line he says you can drop a space alien in the middle of philadelphia during the week and you could tell and that alien could tell whether the eagles won or lost (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true 
Yeah. It's true, man. I uh I think about yeah. I, I think about um my uncle Rick a lot. Um he was my dad's brother and he was just like the coolest the coolest guy, right? Like we used to go to all the ball games with him. He had um weekend tickets to the Flyers uh when they played at the Spectrum. So yeah. every every weekend we were each assigned like a Sunday game with him, you know, and we would go and he would cycle us out. We go to he does blue eye rock that he would drive us into the games. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was super cool, man. I wish I would see if I could dig up a picture, but it was this blue eye rock that was super fucking loud and it had the two seats in the back, but it had like a middle seat that like with me and my brothers, I, for whatever reason, would always end up in this middle seat. And it was so fucking uncomfortable because it was like this tiny little thing that was supposed to fit you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was a big, big Philly sports guy. And I remember he was yeah. alive when the Phillies won the series in 08. And it was just like super cool to go down and see him after they won. I remember yeah. being at the clubhouse in Newtown, Pennsylvania, watching with a bunch of my friends and the fucking place. I thought the roof was going to blow off when the Phillies won the series. And um, he died of cancer in 20, God, when was it? 2015, I think. My, uh, or 20, yeah, 2015. Uh, Daniel was, I think, not even a couple months old. And it was bad, man. He had, uh, he had prostate cancer and got really sick really quick and, and died. And the, you know, the Eagles won. And the first person I thought of was, man, I wish Uncle Rick was here to see this. Because I know he would, yeah. just, he would just be... Like untouchable, you know, like it would be, would have been the best thing in his life, you know, had he been around when they won. But a lot of my child, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like it, it, it's not necessarily a, a uniquely Philadelphian experience, but I feel like it is in some respects a very unique Philadelphia thing to watch the sports games on the weekends. You know, like I, some of my favorite memories of being a kid were watching the Phillies play at my grandparents' house in the summer, you know, windows open, it's fucking hotter than hell. You're just getting out of the pool, everybody's, you know, they're making sandwiches and shit and you're just sitting there and you're just watching a game. And it is, it's, it, it hits different, you know? And then when they have a big win like that, it's just, it means so much more. Um, you know, when you think about yeah. all the, the, the people that weren't there to see it, that would have loved to have seen it, you know? So I'm with you on that, man. I, uh, I, I really wish things, uh, I, w- I wish they would have won before, but I'll take the 2017 win and the fact that they beat Tom Brady um, forever and ever. And I think that probably for me too, Right, is something if you're, if you're going to win, if you're going to win, yeah, dude, yeah, that's that's the that's the ultimate sign of accomplishment, you know. <laughs> yeah. And take nothing away, yeah. You know, people like to shit on Brady, you know. But, it's easy you know, to he's an easy target, but yeah, but he played fucking lights out in that game. He he threw for he threw for over five hundred yards in that Super Bowl. Yeah, by rights, he should have won. But both did. defense, it was a, you know, you know, you get to, you know, wrestling fans go, I love old school psychology. You know, hardcore football fans go, I love a defensive struggle. You know, a, a defensive shoot. No, people love seeing shootout. That game was a fucking shootout, yeah. you know, and it, yeah. it literally came down to one play and that was the Brandon Graham strip sack. Yeah. You know, and um, holy shit. Just, yeah. um you know, there, there's a there's a after the the Phillies won in 2008, there's a an article written the next day and it talked about you know celebrate for those who uh, no longer here. Maybe uh, if I could find the clip in the beginning of the uh, 2008 Phillies DVD chronicling that year, they have the players read it. Oh wow! And I'm trying not to get fucking choked up. Oh man, fucking. You listen to them read it and all this stuff they say, you know, this is for the people buried in their Eagles jerseys and Phillies hats. Yeah. You know, and just, 
Yeah, that's, that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, I was at my my, my you know, uh, I we I talk about my buddies by Donnie and Bev all the time, and uh, we were watching at Donnie and Bev's house, and <laughs> every time I watch the end of the Super Bowl, I still wait for the ball to because like Brady threw a fucking hail mary. Yeah. I was just going to say and, this. I was going to mention this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it bounced around, and you still. I four years later, I'm still waiting for somebody to fucking if one of the Patriots to still come down with that ball and screw <laughs> the Eagles over. Four years later, it's like, yeah, somebody's going to catch that ball. It, it, like it, it was you. If you would have written a movie about it, you would. Yeah, that's just too corny, right? You know. And I I remember <sighs> watching the game and being like, I. I almost didn't realize that the Eagles had won. Like I was sitting there watching it and I think like Courtney had gotten up to either get a drink or go to the bathroom or something. And I remember watching it and then like watching everybody hit the field. And I was like, wait, did the game just, did it just end? Like, did I miss something? But I didn't realize that Brady didn't complete the pass until yeah. the game was over. I was like, holy shit, we just won the Super Like I couldn't believe it, you know? And I just, yeah. I, I, for me, it was like, oh shit, I, I didn't even realize it, but. And granted, they would have had to score a score a two point conversion after that, but right. it's just the fact that they just went down ninety yards, almost went down ninety yards to potentially tie the game, and how they've come back. You know, most of their Super Bowl wins were come from behind wins. You know, on the last second field goal or yeah stuff like that. Just the fact that you know that came down to the last second. Yeah, thank God for the Brandon Graham strip sack and you know Jake Elliott nailing that. 40 some odd yard field goal to cement it. But yeah. Yeah. Like I was, what I was trying to say is that we were watching a Donnie and Bev's and um, I, me and Donnie just stood up and we fucking bro hugged it out. And Mrs. Meany captured the, the photo of it. And, uh, you know, if you just see two grown men, you know, celebrating a, a lifetime of disappointment being washed away in one moment, it's, in that photo and I'll probably post it later a little bit later today and if you're listening on Monday scroll through my social media but uh, yeah just that one photo holy shit just you see two grown men who were used to having their hearts ripped out each and every year yeah you know cel celebrating in one moment you know I uh, because I was at home because I had two children at the time I you know well my boys were born and we didn't go out for the Phillies game I will or the Eagles game rather I will find a picture to compliment yours from the, yeah. the clubhouse and, and when we watch the Phillies win, because I know I have a couple. Um, yeah. But I mean, as in all things, you know, Tom Brady can continue to suck it and no one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> um, yes. uh, we will be relentless about this Super Bowl win forever and ever until the end of time. So uh, again, I repeat, Tom Brady suck it. But Meanie, one thing that doesn't yes. suck, and I'd like to know if you'd like to do this right now, it's time to, <laughs> it's time to ask Meanie. I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget to tweet us your questions at using the hashtag AskMeanie. Uh, you can follow us on at Mind of the Meanie. Ask us your questions here. Pod Squad as well. Don't forget to shoot away some questions here. And don't forget to join us. Become one of our patrons on Patreon. Become a part of the Pod Squad. Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. We got a lot of really cool shit in there. We post a lot of pictures. We have a good time. Got two questions here from Mark and Dryden this week. First question is, it seems that Terry Funk gets zero respect when it comes to the greatest wrestlers of all time. Does he rank in your top 25? If not, what holds him back? He seems to have a good amount of the criteria required. 
I think the uh, I think he gets it to respect, but I think the fact that like he hasn't really officially retired. You know, just like when you talk about all time greats, you usually talk about people whose careers are over over. And like maybe Funk was still wrestling as of five years ago and he kinda he he quietly fit faded into the background due to, you know, health problems and stuff like that. But uh oh yeah, he, he's definitely top ten. Yeah. You know, how many decades has he uh, competed in? You know? God, how many yeah. uh former world champion, but how many other people have has he elevated? You know, a, a, a guy could be a great worker, but how many, you know, a, a truly great worker elevates the people he works with. And Terry Funk certainly elevated so many different people and he worked in so many different decades. And he, uh, met a, he, he morphed between, you know, he kind of had, a, he went the Willie Nelson route. You know, Willie, when Willie Nelson first came out, he was like clean cut in a, in a suit, you know, hair parted to the side. You know, you could smell the burl cream coming through the photo. Uh, you know, Terry Funk was kind of like that. He, he started out, he had the clean cut look. And then, you know, Willie started growing his hair out and doing the pigtails. And Terry started growing his hair out, growing the pigtails and kind of went counterculture. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know, and in a lot of ways, George Carlin did the same thing too. He was, you know, clean cut, became long hair, went counterculture. Yep. So you know, yeah, Terry Funk's a lot like George Carlin. You know, just uh, you know, he, he he changed with the times. He didn't become stagnant or stale. He just evolved. Yeah, he's definitely he's top ten for sure. Mark and Dryden. Second question is: What if time? What if Bill Watts hadn't gotten fired from WCW? How long do you think WCW would have lasted? And would it have lasted until 2001 like it did? And last but not least, do you think Bill Watts would have gotten fired eventually anyway? I think he would have got fired eventually anyway. You, know, you hear the stories of him pissing out the window and carrying a, a gun to work. You know, just... It doesn't matter how good you of booker you are, but when you're in the corporate world, you have to evolve. Here's the other word. You have to play by the, the the new rule book you know you're he was so used to being his own boss it was his way or the highway but when you go to a corporate setting you have to play by their rules he he wouldn't have lasted that long you know and i love bill watts's uwf that's like that was my ecw as a kid you know every week you know that we're out of time it's breaking down in tulsa you know it's got a and I was clamoring for next week, you know? That, that's some of the best TV. But once you get into the corporate world, you got to play by those corporate rules. And uh, he wasn't suited for that. And Mark, if I can tie in here as well, because I know you're not asking Adam, you're asking me, but I do have an opinion on this. Um, I don't think anything yeah. I don't think anything would have saved WCW once the AOL Time, merger, Time Warner merger happened. Uh, I don't think anything would have saved it um, because they were hell-bent on... Uh, ending it. They didn't want wrestling program on Turner. Um, if you haven't done so, go out and pick up the Nitro book by Guy Evans. Um, I've, been, yeah. I've had an, I, if you go to Foundation Radio, there's a, an inner or a conversation that I have with Guy Evans on there, and we talk, we go pretty in depth on that. But uh, no, I don't think anything would have saved WCW um, when, if everything would have stayed the same, Bill Watts or not. I don't think anyone, anything would have saved it. I, I just got the uh, audio book of that, and I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to it. 
It's fantastic. Go go out of your way to pick it up. Uh, Draven asks, uh, "Hey, Meanie, would you've been in the Royal Rumble if WWE would have asked?" You know, I'm allergic to money, uh, so <laughs> of course I would have. Yes, you know, uh, fucking give me the fucking bushwhacker spot. I don't give a fuck. Just. I walk down, grab me by my fucking shirt and cut my pants and collar and toss me right the fuck out. You know, I don't give a fuck. If you're listening, hey, Bruce. Hey, dude, I, w- I would have loved to have done the one of the past two they've they've had in Philly. Just, you know, to say, oh, my last rumble was in Philly. Yeah. Because you know, I'm, I'm a homer like that. But absolutely, you know, just, why not? Because, yeah. But then again, I was in ECW creation, so... You know, they don't own my uh, IP, so. Hey, Who listen, we'll, we'll, we'll work on making it happen. Grand Nothing asks, any bucket list items before you hang your boots up for good? I'd love to, uh, I, I would love to wrestle in Australia or Japan or both if given the chance. Um, my family, my mom almost moved us to Australia as a kid, but thankfully she changed her mind. She had a boyfriend who uh, lived in the States and was had to go back to be with his mom and she had to sit down. Uh, what do you think about going to Australia? And we're like, no. <laughs> but now here I am, you know, as an adult going, man, I really wish I would have, could at least done Australia once, you know. That's, yeah, it's definitely, because I, I did Alaska this year. Which uh, abbreviated, but it still got to go, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, Australia, Japan, yeah, you know, just I've always admired from afar. I, I, I need to, uh, I need to experience that. And I think it's a violation if you've never been to Japan and you wear a fucking Ribera jacket. I'll just say that right out front. That's some straight up fucking bullshit. No, you don't have somebody go to Japan and buy you one and bring it back. You go there and you fucking go to a bear and you get your own fucking jacket. You earn that shit. You fucking fraud ass fuckers, you know, where your fake ass fucking Ribera jackets. And go get your fucking you shine to- box. Dude, seriously, that nothing pisses me off more than somebody who's wearing a Ribera jacket. You go, oh, when'd you go to Japan? Oh, I didn't go. Well, take that the fuck off. That's for, that's. That's rarefied air, you know, to go to Robert Steakhouse and get the fucking jacket yourself. If you didn't get it, you're a fucking fraud. I don't care who you are. Are you listening, friends? Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like the last question we have this week is from Pod Squad member Andy Schlichter. Since this will technically be the show before the superb owl, what are your predictions? Oh, yeah, dude. Because I don't want to get flagged by the about- NFL to t- saying the name, right. the big game. Yeah, the Suburb Al. <laughs> uh, that's the name of the episode. Um, <laughs> and in parentheses, Vintage Philadelphia. I like it. Yeah. The Suburb Al. Um, that might be a shirt too. Who knows? Yeah, I think you're uh, right. I think you're right. In Eagles colors. Yeah. Um, even though uh, Slichter's a Ravens fan. Um, <laughs> you're fired. Nah, I, I I got mad love for Baltimore. I love Baltimore. Uh, they're huge for my career, and their team's good. Uh, I know they're AFC. They're you know 
you know, it's, it has no consequences to the Eagles unless, unless they play the Eagles. So, uh, can we just talk about how great the fucking postseason was? I, I mean, yeah. I, my, minus the first round. The first round's always kind of like a, eh, but oh my God. Like, it, it was incredible, man. I never watched so many games where I'm out loud going, oh my God. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cincinnati. God bless them. They went into Kansas City and beat Kansas City in, in their in their house. And um, you know, credit to Kansas City. They're one of the first the first football teams to host four conference games in their their stadium in a row, four years in a row. And uh, shout out to Andy Reid, the first coach to in NFL history to take two different teams to two straight. To four, he's the first coach to take two separate teams to four conference championship championship games four years straight in a row. Wow, something like that. Some he, he has some odd distinction like that. But uh, and uh, shout out to the Rams. Uh, that was a hell of a win. Yeah. Uh, big fan of Matthew Stafford. He. Uh, you know, for the longest time, never got one of the best quarterbacks. Never get a, a sniff at the playoffs. Uh, now, in his first year with a new team, he's going to a Super Bowl. So I'm kind of torn. Like I love Cincinnati. I grew up. I I didn't grow up. I lived in uh, Ohio for a year. Lived like two hours north in Lima. So I have like this, you know, fondness for Ohio because it was part of my development. But I also, I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford. And I mean, the guy just went and spent like six figures on giving tickets to Rams fans for the Super Bowl out of his own pocket. Wow. Yeah, there, there's a story that just came out. Him and his wife spent like over $100,000 in Super Bowl tickets to give to Rams fans. Wow. As a token of appreciation. So, I mean, Holy how shit. can you not love a guy like that? Yeah, how can you not love somebody like that though? Yeah. Yeah, so, but... I'm going to have to root for the Bengals on this one. Um, they haven't been to a Super Bowl since 88, maybe? Wow. 88, 89, where they got, you know, they played the 40. They almost had a rematch with the 49ers that the 49ers would have beat the Rams. But, um, yeah, they, they haven't been there since then. And, you know, well, you know the Rams have had a, a couple appearances since then, you know, the greatest show on turf. And then a couple years ago against the Patriots, They've been to the, the the Super Bowl, but you know, I'd be rooting for them if if, if it was merely just for Stafford. But this Bengals team, uh, they got some uh, they got some magic going on there in Cincinnati. So I'm gonna have to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm also going with the Bengals as well because, as we know, our sweet Prince Harambe is watching over the team and guiding them to victory. <laughs> blessed be, blessed be, fam. The sweet Prince, please watch over us daily. Let's be the Harambe. So uh, I can't. I can't go against him. You know. I mean, he's a saint. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. It's hashtag dicks out for Harambe. Uh, Meanie, thank you so Need much. A prayer candle. <laughs> a prayer candle. <laughs> a Harambe prayer candle. If I had a Harambe prayer candle, I would fucking die. I would love. That's like a bucket list item for me right there. Um, bless be. It's so, attainable. Meanie, tell everyone yes. where they can find you on your socials. Uh, if you would like to stalk me on social media, go to uh, all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, 
at TikTok, which I don't know how to fucking use. Uh, at Blue Meanie BWO. Uh, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, if you want to keep uh, your uh, beard looking, uh, looking good, smelling good, feeling good, go to MadCatBeardCare.com and get the Blue Spruce Beard Care. Uh, all the funds go to directly to taking care of cats. So if you're a cat person, this product is for you. That's why it's called MadCatBeardCare.com. Um, if you would like a, uh, a a video message, go to Cameo.com slash Bluemini, B-W-O. Uh, and, uh, you know, happy birthday, happy uh, whatever you want. <laughs> I've had some creative ones over there, so go visit me there, over there on Cameo. Uh, also, uh, you know, uh, if you want to support, you know, the show, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash MyNetAmini where you can get some uh, great uh, T-shirts. We uh, just recently re-uploaded the uh, updated logo shirt, which... Uh, I uh, personally designed. Uh, I went, oh yeah, our shirts is, uh, should say podcast on it. So uh, there's a blue me, a minor demini podcast t-shirt that I just recently up- uploaded in four beautiful colors. So, uh, and if you would like to uh, support my uh, lovely co-host Adam Barnyard, where can they find you? Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Uh, you can go to, uh, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it is my handle. No, I'm not getting rid of it. It's a brand, pal. Uh, you can go and support my show at prowrestlingtees.com slash foundation radio. You can also follow me on Twitter for foundation radio at FND radio pod. You can find the show at Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you find your favorite programs, uh, including this one, Mind of the Meanie. Uh, Big announcement at the end of the show as well. Uh, Tomorrow, so as you listen to this episode, tomorrow, my conversation with WWE, former WWE and ECW champion and WWE Hall of Famer Rob Van Dam will be hitting the channel. I am very much looking forward to that conversation, uh, meaning I have to uh, tell you. First, thank you. And also, we have... Had I had a, like an unbelievable conversation with Rob, like it was crazy. But one of the things that I didn't know about Rob Van Dam, which you will all learn on the show, is he is a huge mafia history buff. I had no idea, and we spent <laughs> a really long time talking about it on the show. Uh, and we had a, just an incredible conversation. So um, I'm really looking forward to you guys checking that out. You can find that episode plus everything else I've done at FoundationRadio.net. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to that as well. As uh, somebody who lived in Atlantic City and grew up with a couple uh, mafia kids, Whoa. Uh, so to speak. Yeah, I went to school with uh, two sons of uh, little Nicky Scarfo. And, uh, you know, I went to school with Mark Scarfo, Nicky Jr., and Phil Leonetti Jr. In Catholic school, no less. So You went to school with Nicky Scarfo Jr.? Yeah. All due yeah, respect. Yeah, yeah. All due respect to the Scarfo family, by the way. I'm not, I'm just, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, they pretty much ran Philly and, uh, Atlantic City. I, uh, so. I can't, that's crazy, man. I'll have to ask him more about that. I, um, I have, I told Rob the story as well, um, about my somewhat connection to the chicken man in Philadelphia from the Br- Angela nice. Bruno family. So, uh, if you want to check that out and hear us talk about marijuana, you want to hear us talk about, uh, life and finding your spirituality and happiness, and also talk about a lot about mafia history. You check out that episode tomorrow as it drops 6 a.m. on your feeds. 
Uh, Blue Meanie, I appreciate your time so much. We also have episode 100 coming up. Not yeah. next week, but the following week. Uh, episode 100 of Mind of the Meanie. We're very excited for this. Lots of fun things coming your way, so stay tuned. You can find out what we're going to be doing early on patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Meanie, thank you, sir, so much for your time. Anything else you'd like to plug before we get out on our way here? Hey, man, just uh, thank you to everybody for who supports us each and every week, uh, whether it's free with the downloads every Monday morning or if you go to patreon.com slash mindedmeanie and spend your hard-earned dollars to watch us do this shit show live. Uh, <laughs> it's greatly appreciated. Um it helps uh, keep the uh, the lights on here at Mind of the Meanie. So uh, I appreciate each and every one of you who decides to dedicate your time to listening to us. Just bullshit. It's <laughs> <That's, laughs> us two, two grown men bullshitting about the things we love. I so. love it. And I want to just give a special shout out to the executive voice, Sam Kreps, and our engineer, Carl Pinnell, for the Blue Meanie. I'm Adam Bernard. Join us each and every week as we take a trip through the mind. Of the meaning. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology. And own technology with an available 13.4-inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet.